This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. most merciful thing that a family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Who on earth would say such a thing and why? Friend, I want you to pay close attention today because I'm going to share some information with you concerning the origin of Planned Parenthood and more precisely the woman who started it. You might get quite upset after hearing this message today because of the inflammatory rhetoric espoused by this ungodly woman I'm about to quote several times and the genocidal movement she spawned in the early part of the 20th century. Now this lady is none other than Margaret Sanger. And let me start out by quoting her from an interview right before she died. She said, The greatest sin in the world is bringing children into this world who have disease or no chance, being delinquents and prisoners. That to me is the greatest sin, unquote. Well, what does God have to say about children, friend? In Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, he says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. Now, the federal government funds Planned Parenthood today with hundreds of millions of dollars each year. Our hard-earned tax dollars accommodate those who are pro-choice, effectively funding an abortion chain that started way back in Brooklyn, New York in 1916. The truth is, however, Planned Parenthood was never founded on choice, but a racist ideology under the banner of eugenics. It also claims to be a non-profit organization. But in 2014 alone, it made $127 million. The good news is the number of enacted abortion restrictions through legislature are on the increase in most states, along with a requirement for parental consent, state-minded counseling, and waiting periods which are slowing the annual rate of abortions nationally. In addition, the number of abortion clinics across the nation peaked in the late 1980s at 705, but are currently declining into the high 500s. Unfortunately, these regulatory restrictions and reduction in the number of clinics have not prevented the death of almost 60 million children in the womb since Roe v. Wade in 1973. In this country, there are currently just over 4,000 abortions every day, equating to about three abortions every minute. In a recent survey of family planning perspectives, 76% of women chose an abortion because having a baby would change their life, whilst only 1% chose an abortion because of rape or incest. Unfortunately, it looks like some women have chosen to sacrifice their children on the altar of convenience. Now, friend, at the beginning of the 20th century, three of the most evil and pervasive movements were introduced into society, and they were evolution, eugenics, and spiritism. Evolution, of course, posited our origin from apes and reduced men to beast-like status. Eugenics was the platform introduced to cull so-called inferior races by racist evolutionists. And to top that, spiritism was an adventure into the occult with its primary aim of talking to evil demonic spirits, posing as the dead, or better known as necromancy. 
Our society today is still reeling from this three-pronged attack of redefining our culture on false truths, lies, and misinformation instead of Holy Scripture. Now, eugenics by definition is the belief in improving the qualities of the human species or a human population by such a means as discouraging the reproduction by persons having genetic defects or presumed inheritable undesirable traits. Margaret Sanger was a major proponent of eugenics and perhaps second only to Adolf Hitler in its promulgation throughout society. She deemed certain races undesirable based on her own flawed bias, having no basis in scientific or scriptural fact, with her sole aim to destroy as many undesirable children within the womb as possible. But before we talk about Margaret, the founder of the birth control movement, and credited with originating the term birth control, we must investigate her formative years. Now, whenever we want to understand a person or what motivates them, it often pays dividends to look into their adolescence and circumstances whilst growing up. Now, Sanger's mother was a devout Catholic, but her father, Michael, was a highly volatile man with radical political opinions and caused much division in his local town. Because of this, he was an able to provide for his household, which comprised of a large family in New York State. In total, Michael had 11 children and was a severe alcoholic. It's in this very traumatic and insecure atmosphere that Margaret Sanger was raised and eventually left her home as a very unhappy teenager. Could it be, friend, that because of her harrowing background of witnessing destitute siblings, poor and starving, and evidently neglected by both her parents, that Sanger formed her erroneous ideology of eradicating unwanted children from the earth, she was witness firsthand to the destructive and irresponsible behavior of her parents having too many children whom they couldn't afford to look after, and her own sterilization agenda was perhaps forged to mitigate her own family's suffering and neglect. How sad Margaret's upbringing must have been, but no matter how bad it was, we must never let experience define our moral principles, but the word of God only. We do certainly have compassion on a woman with such a brutal upbringing, however, and that needs to be said. What's even more bizarre is that when Margaret finally married William, a painter in 1902, and had three children herself, she remained very difficult to satisfy by all accounts. She detested domestic life by her own admission, so much so that she neglected even her own children, and the neighbors had to step in to intervene for their daily care. She then went on to meet her second husband, who was a wealthy oil magnate called James Slee. Describing Slee, she wrote to her secretary, and I quote, I don't want to marry anyone, particularly a stodgy churchgoer, yet how often am I going to meet a man with nine million dollars? In 1921, Sanger founded the American Birth Control League and served as president until 1928. The League was one of the parent organizations of the Birth Control Federation of America, which in 1942 became the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. It should be duly noted that Darwinism had a profound influence on Sanger's thinking and led to the origin of eugenics. Her lifetime's obsession was to reduce populations that she deemed unfit to exist, including inferior races such as Negroes, Jews, Slavics, Southern Europeans, and Latinos who were holding back mankind, according to her. She also maintained that the brains of Australian Aborigines were only one step more evolved than chimpanzees and just under blacks, Jews, and Italians. How sick and twisted is this, friends? 
Today's Planned Parenthood unfortunately seems to be just as racist as its founder. International Planned Parenthood officials eagerly and readily promote condoms and abortions, but not medicine or water for the third world attendees of the United Nations Women's Conferences. Another liberal icon lauded by academics is evolution theorist Charles Darwin, who provided the intellectual underpinnings for the 20th century genocides of every kind when he wrote that, quote, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races, unquote. Of course, Charles being Caucasian or white didn't include the white race in his list of inferior races. What a coincidence. This racist statement would seem to warrant calls for Darwin's expulsion from diversity-minded public school classrooms or universities, yet he remains a non-controversial figure among many liberals even today. Eugenics, in essence, is the creation of a master race by deciding who does and does not breed, supposedly strengthening society's progeny. Sanger's desire for supermen or ubermensch later became Hitler's ideology for world domination. Sanger viewed birth control as a societal problem, not an individualistic one, and that the state should be involved with these birth choices, which according to her will ultimately impact the destiny of the human race. Sanger also quoted H.G. Wells in her writings, who spoke often of the meaningless eaters who waste Earth's limited resources. According to Wells, they do nothing to advance the human race and should be exterminated as a result. Wells and Sanger both described inferior races as human weeds clogging our paths and ultimately clogging the earth. Elitists today, like Sanger and Wells, seek to cultivate their earthly garden through the death of others. It was H.G. Wells, of course, whose biological training was firmly rooted in a fundamentally Darwinian context, as displayed by his writings. Unbeknownst to many, Wells was a founding member of the Fabian Society in England, putting their faith in evolutionary socialism rather than revolution. In the chapter Cruelty of Charity from Sanger's book, The Pivot of Civilization, she describes injurious acts of charity to be ceased immediately and the sterilization of all races she deemed inferior. Sanger once said, helping the poor was a sign of our decaying society. Wow. If we scour the comments of the current world's elite, they haven't changed their tune when it comes to this burning desire for global population reduction. Right now, proponents of world population curtailment include Ted Turner, Dave Foreman, Eric Pianka, Mikhail Gorbachev, Al Gore, Thomas Friedman, Bill Gates, David Rockefeller, Prince Philip, and Jacques Cousteau. A Plan for Peace was Sanger's main publication with its aim, quote, to apply a stern policy of sterilization and or segregation so they, the inferior races, can be taught to become slaves to the superior races. In 1939, she wrote a letter to Clarence Gamble to hire three black ministers and have them preach to their congregants not to have any more children. How sick and twisted is that, friend? Preaching sterilization from the pulpit instead of God's word. As I've said in previous broadcasts, melanin is the pigment in our skin that makes us a different color. All skin colors and tones stem from one man, Adam, who had the DNA from which all skin colors could be propagated in time. And the devil has been playing us off against each other ever since with our skin color. 
Men and women who are lauded in the world system can also be an abomination in the eyes of God. And this bloodthirsty Margaret Sanger was listed as one of the most influential people of the 20th century by Time Life magazine, but assuredly abominable in the sight of God for her genocidal campaigns against his creation. In Sanger's autobiography, on pages 366 to 367, she deemed about 70% of the world's population to be inferior. Her own term, race embetterment sounds benevolent on the surface, but her goal can only be attained at the expense of 70% of the world's population. Sanger lived and died by her creed of the woman rebel, and all these rights, of course, were defined by herself, not God's word. No man or woman has the right to destroy or live a sexually promiscuous lifestyle, as Sanger preached, without damaging both themselves and others. Because of her very difficult upbringing and the death of her mother at an early age, Sanger chose to harden her heart towards God instead of seeking him for comfort for the pain she felt within. She redefined society based on her own hurts and wounds and this hardness of heart caused her to seek out and to destroy innocent children in the womb whom she deemed inferior in direct rebellion to God's word all the while pushing the notion of freedom of choice. This my friend is indeed the troublesome woman who founded Planned Parenthood. Her movement sowed the seeds for loosening sexual morality, increasing rates of illegitimacy and sexual immorality in the 20th century. And history records that Sanger eventually died an alcoholic, addicted to painkillers, feeling abandoned and alone. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. 